Hi, I'm Jordan Laurel, and welcome to my show where we make the human experience magical through mental health, mindset, and manifestation. My story is one of radical transformation and rebirth. From depressed, disempowered, and dependent to flourishing within an incredible life I've created, this podcast is me sharing my process of overcoming and creating a magical human experience to help support you as you do the same. Tune in every Monday to feel empowered through stories, wisdom, and lots of super practical tips. Because I am proof, you can change your entire life and manifest a life beyond your wildest dreams. Welcome to the Magical Human Experience Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, friends. Happy Monday. If you are listening to this on a Monday, that's when we go live every week. It is late April. I'm looking forward to heading back to Philly on Wednesday to visit family. I have a friend who's getting married, so I decided to tack on some days before and after to just see family and friends. And I'm excited, although I'm a little bit nervous. I'm running the Broad Street with my dad on Sunday, next Sunday which is a 10-mile race. I've done it several times before, but I really haven't been running much the last couple of years. This was more of something, I used to be a big runner like early to mid-20s, so it's been several years since I've been a heavy runner. I have sort of been trying to train, not quite as diligently as I should have been, but I did reach eight miles once. Um, I was getting up to five pretty consistently, so I'm going to, I'll make it, but I'm going to be hurting. I am honestly really hurting after my eight mile run. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, my body has definitely been craving like ease and gentleness lately, but my dad is 70 and I thought it was so cute that he was doing this and so inspirational. So I wanted to do it with him because I don't know when I will be able to do it again and he'll be able to do it again. So yeah, exciting, adorable, all the things. Lots of exciting things to share with you guys, though. First up, I am offering podcast coaching. I've had quite a few people asking how I started my own podcast, and I figured I would just go ahead and share the basics with you guys. So if you want to learn how do you start your own podcast, what equipment do you use, how do you edit, how do you upload and get on Apple, Spotify, all the things... I'll go through everything you need to know with you in either one long call or two short calls. We'll break it down. I'll walk you through everything and set you up for starting your own podcast if that's something you want to do. Email me. My email is in the show notes and we can chat. In other exciting news, my signature one-on-one coaching program just got a little bit of a zhuzh and revamp for spring. I support you in this program in getting clarity on what you actually want. Anyways, you're blocking yourself from those things, how to become a match for them, and then actually call them in. And the program, it just doesn't transform your life and attract the things you want. It transforms you because we focus on reprogramming your mind, which if you understand mindset work, change, all of this stuff, which I know you guys geek out on like I do because you're listening to this podcast, (laughs) Our subconscious mind is what's running the show. It's 95% of our brain and most of what we are doing and thinking is coming from our subconscious and that's mostly where we're manifesting from. So if you want to change what you're manifesting and what your life looks like and who you are, you need to start with subconscious reprogramming. 
So we do a lot of work on that so that you can become a clear channel for all that you want to manifest and become the powerful master designer of your life that you were always meant to be. Uh, It is an eight-week program. There's one-hour calls every single week. You have access to me for questions throughout the week on Voxer. There's homework. There's journaling prompts. And it is transformational. I have had clients tell me that it was transformational. I've seen it be transformational. I've seen it be transformational in their lives. I've seen it be transformational in my own. This work has changed my life, which is why I am so excited about sharing it, which is why we have a podcast about it. Uh, but this is this is how you change your life is through this deep work that I dive into in Manifestation Mindset Mastery. So if you're interested in one-on-one support, it would be my pleasure and honor to work with you. Shoot me an email and we can chat and see if it is a fit. My email's in the show notes. This week's episode is, I actually really, really, really enjoyed this conversation. I enjoy all of my conversations, but I had an eating disorder when I was in high school through college. So the topic of nutrition, weight loss, eating, the mental aspects of all of those things really hit home for me as I have done so much work to figure out how to have a healthy relationship with food, with my weight, with losing weight when that's something I want to do, body image, all of that stuff over the years. And yeah, it's been a journey. I feel like I am in a really good place with it all right now. Um, I actually share a little bit of my a recent story, um, something that happened to me that triggered me, but then really showed me how much I have healed and where I'm at now. And um, yeah, it's just a, it's a deep conversation in some parts as Lauren, who I'm chatting with Lauren Hubert. She is a dietitian. She's helping women achieve not just, it's not just, and that's kind of what we go into in this episode. It's really a lot more about the mental than it is the physical, but we do have physical bodies. Um, and we, she shares some of her story. She really is all about helping women not only look good, but feel good mentally, emotionally, physically, and achieve the bodies and weights that they want that make them feel their best self. And we really do dive into the mental health side of all of this, as well as the practical. And she shares a lot of tips on just how she's helped her clients, what you should even be focusing on when it comes to weight loss, how it's actually more about fat loss, um, how to do it in a sustainable way, of course, how to do it in a way that is mentally healthy. We actually tie in manifestation to it quite a bit because I, it was crazy. The more we talked, the more I was like, and yeah, this actually lines up with just a manifestation mindset and this lines up with it and this lines up with it. It really is all about yeah, coming from faith and abundance in like every area of life. It's crazy how simple it is, but it's like equally crazy how challenging it can be applying the things we know and the principles to real life, especially when you start getting trauma and emotions and habits and patterns. And yeah, there's just like so much to consider and work with when we're trying to achieve our goals and do it in a healthy way. But Anyway, this conversation is deep. I really feel like it's packed with wisdom and insight and hopefully just a very honest but empowering conversation surrounding these topics. Before we dive in, I did want to talk about this week's magic. (laughs) It's kind of a funny 
thing, but it's been making my life more magical. And that is goat milk. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I don't, yeah, I, I'm, I feel silly for some reason having that be this week's magic, but I was trying to think about what has been making my life magical recently. And it honestly has been my coffees. Um, you guys know, I love coffee. We actually talk about it in the episode, how it's, I'm literally, I just have an emotional attachment to coffee. I drink decaf. I will put a little caffeine in my coffee in the mornings lately as I feel like I've done a lot of healing and hormone healing. I feel like I can handle it better. Although speaking of hormones, I did have quite the hormonal acne flare up, not having my Elix for about a month and it's back under control and fine now. Um, And they actually gave me a coupon code for you guys. So if you struggle with hormonal acne, pain during your periods, any kind of hormone imbalances, Elix is actually so, so, so powerful and helpful for balancing your hormones and experiencing relief for a lot of the symptoms that come along with hormone imbalances, especially around that time of the month. I will also have that in the show notes, but back to the goat milk. (laughs) I... I basically kind of cut out dairy for the most part for a long time because it just wasn't doing me any favors. Um, Cheese I never cut out, but I would try to stick towards harder cheeses, although I am such a sucker for blue cheese. It is my weakness. I love blue cheese, but otherwise I kind of avoided dairy and then enter Paris this winter and I fell in love with the lattes there or the cafe cremes. Uh, They don't have half and half and I am not a black coffee girly. So I was getting the cafe cremes, um, decaf cafe cremes. But um, yeah, I just got back to the States and I was like, I don't know if I can do milk. Like I have never done well with milk in the States. And I did try some like organic pasture-raised hormone-free supposedly cow milks, but I just felt better and safer with goat milk. And it honestly tastes the same to me. I'm not kidding you. I'm not like one of those people that like is saying like the vegan sugar-free gluten-free brownie tastes the same as a regular brownie. Like no it doesn't. Let's be real. I'm not one of those people that will like lie to you and or or is that like I don't know viewing the fake brownie through rose-colored lenses I'm the first person that will call that out because like I don't mind substitutions but like we're gonna be real like it's a substitution it's not the same thing this actually to me it tastes so similar to cow's milk I can't even tell the difference in my lattes and it's creamy it's delicious and I have just had no problems with digestion no problems with acne and I know my hormonal acne was not related to the goat's milk because it was happening in early April And only after I had been out of Elix for a couple of weeks, Um, but I added the goat milk into my diet in mid-February. So I had no issues for a month and a half. And now that I'm back on my Elix, my acne is going away very quickly. So yeah, it's a great option if you can't handle dairy, don't want to drink dairy, but really enjoy dairy. Check out goat milk. I have been pleasantly surprised to find it a pretty much equal substitute with out the struggles and complications that come with dairy. All right, now for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is a beautiful setup and we're going to have a vibe. Yeah, Lauren <laughs> is actually in LA and she she's moving out here soon, which I'm excited about. 
but yeah, she actually came over to our apartment. So I'm excited to share this with you. This is so fun. I've only had one other, no, two other in-person podcast guests because people end up all over and, you know, so this is such a, such a treat. Such a treat. This is actually my first in-person because I'm usually so far away from people I talk to um, and shows I go on and swap here and there. So yes. yeah, this is great in person. It's, it's more fun than Zoom. Zoom is great oh. too, but like nothing like in-person. Nothing like in-person, baby. Cool. Oh, well, I'm so excited to have you on here. I'm very excited for what we're going to chat about, but I thought it would be great to start off with you introducing yourself and kind of sharing what you do now, but maybe a little bit of your story, because I know you had a very beautiful story and kind of just your pain turning into your purpose, and uh, I would love to hear more about it. Yeah. I'm like, where do I begin? So... I went to college, like many young women, and unfortunately in college, I developed a really unhealthy relationship to food. I had wanted to lose weight, and so, you know, I was around during the time of, like, Pinterest. You go online, you see these really Mm. low-calorie diets. So I was like, you know, let's run six, seven miles a day. Let's try to eat as little as possible. And let me tell you, girlfriend, I lost a lot of weight, but I also lost, lost a lot of muscle mass, and I also became very food obsessed where so I went to college at Florida State and Florida State's a very fun you know college school with a lot of drinking and so a little happy hour moment here and there and really what happened is I became so afraid to go out like I didn't want to go out with my friends you know my husband was actually someone I was dating in college at the time and so it really impacted my social life it impacted my relationships and I was like so obsessed with honestly, let's just go there, like being skinny. And so I reached this point where I just couldn't keep up with it anymore. And then at the same time behind the scenes, I actually developed a really intense passion for nutrition because I'd never learned about it. It was just so interesting to me. So I actually started studying it. I changed my degree from diet, um, from business to dietetics and from there started learning about nutrition. And I was like the go-to girl in my sorority because I was studying nutrition. It was my mm. passion. I lost all this weight that everyone saw when I gained the <laughs> freshman 20. So I became like the girl for it. But deep down, I was honestly really, really struggling inside. So it was really through this whole you know, journey and then story that, you know, eventually I found a better way to manage my weight through trial and error, through just understanding my body more. I had this like come to Jesus moment where I'm like, okay, this needs to change. Like I can't stop doing things the way that I've been doing it. And eventually decided to become not just a dietitian, but really specialize in helping women really just not make the same mistakes that I did. Cause I was just, I just didn't understand. I didn't know better, put it that way. Um, so really, Now I really just want women to know they can not only have it all, I want you to lose weight, I want you to love the way that that you look, if you you have a desire to lose weight, but I want you to do it in a healthy way because how you lose the weight is gonna set you up for so much more success and you don't have to be miserable. You don't have to hate your diet and give up all your favorite foods. And I I posted something about Chick-fil-A today. You don't have to give up Chick-fil-A if that's like your vice and you really enjoy it. It's like, how can we fit these things in and and just find balance in this really diet culture obsessed world, honestly. I love that. really resonate with the you can have it all thing because I think that was something that I didn't believe for a lot of my life I really believed that things had to be hard I had to sacrifice a lot I also struggled with um, disordered eating I had a bad eating disorder from I guess about 17 through 23 and same thing I was torturing myself just really mistreating myself emotionally mentally and physically and uh, I think that's kind of why I'm so passionate about mindset and manifestation as well it's similar things like 
I finally was like, no, like it doesn't have to be like this. Like we can manifest the lives, the bodies, everything that we want in ways that feel good. Not that we don't work, but it's, there's such a different energy to doing things in a healthy way from love than forcing and grinding and torturing yourself. Yes. So I oh love. my goodness. It's so true. And the manifestation mindset piece is something I'm really passionate about too, because the science of fat loss is very cut and dry, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you have to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight and we're going to get into all that stuff. Like you need to eat the proper portions and understand not just calories, but the macros and like all of that is important, but just that information is not going to get your body transformation. That is not enough information to truly transform your life and your relationship to the work that you're putting into. So yeah, you have to really blend both the mindset with the actual scientific facts that unfortunately a lot of diets get wrong. Let's be real. Um, So it's tough. A lot don't even take into consideration the mental or the emotional components. And it's so mental and emotional. Like Mm -hmm. literally, I mean, even just the way I am, (laughs) I make fun of myself, but I can't really handle caffeine much anymore at all. I still drink two to three cups of decaf a day. I love (laughs) coffee. It's an emotional thing. And food is emotional. A lot of the times we're using it uh, to fill a void or to numb or to escape. Like it's so much more than just like the actual what are you eating and what how are you working out stuff oh my god yeah like every it's so interesting because everyone like I'm definitely known as like the calorie girly meaning like I will tell you your calories because mm-hmm. that's a huge part of weight loss because I try to simplify this all but I always say like the calories are the tip of the iceberg like mm-hmm. if, if weight loss and fat loss and this dream physique of yours is an iceberg the tippy top that you see on the top of the ocean hopefully I'm giving this description right like that's might be the calories that you're seeing because you're so obsessed with understanding that but it's all the stuff underneath that you don't realize goes into that transformation and you know that's why I say a calorie number isn't going to save you a diet isn't going to save you you have to save yourself and understand how to actually put in the work and understand the habits and behaviors and the relationship to your body that has to change for you to even hit your calories in the first place I love that uh how do you how do you go about helping people kind of understand this better like what's going what is driving them to maybe overeat or undereat how do you kind of scratch the surface on that yeah it it definitely is different person to person what I will say is so a lot of times with clients I first actually have most women start off with taking so I have a quiz called why is your weight loss a hot mess and this quiz is not just trying to tell you like your dieting type but is actually trying to describe what you're going through and experiencing because a lot of women they will start a diet start a weight loss journey like they're like when you are uncomfortable the what the first thing you want to do right you want to change your diet you want to want me to tell you exactly what to eat But before we actually change anything, we have to understand how you got here in the first place. Mm. So that takes a little bit more patience, which is why I don't promise quick results for people. And I and I think anyone who's like, you're going to lose 10 pounds in 10 weeks or you're going to, you know, this month lose this this X, Y, Z amount of weight. Like that's just setting you up for so much failure. So I think first really understanding why your weight loss is a hot mess. First, some women, maybe it's mindset. Maybe it's every time you try to lose weight, you get really uncomfortable that you're not seeing progress immediately. So then you're like, F it, I might as well just eat a pizza. When in reality, Mm. it was working, but it was just invisible progress that you weren't seeing that was culminating up to this moment of you being able to see physical progress on the scale. For other women, it could be your all or nothing tendencies. So maybe you're perfect during the week, the weekend you're completely getting off track. So it's not that the week is necessarily bad, but maybe you're under eating during the week that's fueling your weekend overeating. So it's like, how can we 
really address the root cause. Um, because ultimately, the steps for weight loss are the same. Like, you have to get your calories in check, you have to understand your portion sizes, you need to learn the balance and how to fit in fun, and you know all the, all the science-y parts of nutrition. But for you to be able to do that all, you have to understand what are the specific habits and specific ways you're sabotaging yourself, mm. or else you're not gonna be able to hit those calories, right? Like, you could, you could t- try to think, oh my God, so much restriction, I gotta be disciplined, I gotta, you know, just have more willpower or something everyone says right but instead of that so long right (laughs) been there done that (laughs) yes yes me too um but instead of trying to have more willpower if you actually understood why for instance you're overeating in the first place and you got to the root of that you'd be able to hit your calories because you're setting yourself up for success ultimately yes and something it's funny I actually was just talking about this on stories on a different topic with um a therapist I love to follow she explains a lot of Uh, like if you tend to sabotage love or, you know, push love away or, um, you fawn and people please a lot. Like she tends to explain why we do these things that we're like Mm -hmm. not a huge fan of and we want to change or we even shame ourselves for. And the way she does it, it just, it explains everything. And I am always like, and I think her intention is for people to be like, oh, I'm not bad. I'm not broken. I'm not messed up. I make sense. This is a way I learned to cope that helps me feel okay and feel safe. And it's, it worked for a certain amount of time. My eating disorder served me, you know, back then I was mm-hmm. constantly, constantly in fight or flight going through a lot of abuse. And it was a, the only way I could deal with that. It was to numb and escape yeah. and to fixate on the only thing I could control to give me some sense of safety. Um, but when we can understand why we're doing things, we can actually like come back to compassion and stop fighting ourselves and judging ourselves and love ourselves and like that for me at least is where I see myself start to have capacity to actually then change it is so true the the especially with an eating disorder even disordered eating and and fun fact about me as much as I talk about weight loss I actually have a, not just my own personal experience but I've, I've worked in eating disorder clinics that was a huge mm-hmm. emphasis during my master's degree oh, actually wow. so that's why I'm very compassionate about these topics and I think it's super Hopefully this is okay with the background. <laughs> if you guys can't hear, we had a little um, uh, helicopter come visit, <laughs> say <guess>. hi. <laughs> Being always good. Um, but that's why I'm so passionate and compassionate towards the eating disorder conversation too, because why you behave is always related to what happened before, right? Mm-hmm. And so especially when you're trying to lose weight and you maybe not have like a history of an eating disorder, but you may have struggled with disordered eating on a spectrum that you just didn't understand how to feel your body right. Those past experiences dieting, that's what you consider as normal, right? You think you should be starved. You think you should be hungry. You think more hunger is better. Like there's so many different ways that we can describe it and so many ways that I know women struggle with. But regardless, you you have to take inventory on some of those other things besides just what you're eating for sure to mm-hmm. be able to eventually execute whatever the quote unquote plan is. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it just blows my mind continually how like everything is so interconnected and a holistic approach to like whatever we're doing is just, it's so important for any kind of sustainable change or results. It really is. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. So you, I love that you help people unpack the why behind what they're doing that's not working so that they can change it. Do you think that, or have you seen that a lot of times the why is this like, we're getting, oh my gosh, I... I'm sure a lot of you all, and you might have as well, have seen the whole Ariana Grande post about all of the comments on her weight. And we are constantly having such mixed messages. Do you feel like 
sometimes we block our own like weight loss or finding a healthy equilibrium with our bodies because we feel bad about it because there's like so much, there's so much shame for like gaining or losing weight, but then there's, I don't know, you're picked apart. If you want to look good, it's just a whole mess. It's a whole damn mess. And Ariana's like the the tip of the iceberg. We're going there again. There are so, I mean, every week there's someone new on TikTok or Instagram that we're talking about their weight and what they look like. And maybe that's a different conversation. But regardless, it, I think, has definitely fueled so many people wanting to lose weight, but no one talking about for the most part, talking about their uncomfortableness with their body. And actually, that was my experience in college. Like, I never told anyone the the demons I was really fighting behind Mm. the scenes. And it's actually really funny how open I am now about all of this because I literally wouldn't tell a soul. Like, for for a period of time, I wouldn't even tell my husband, right? Like, who's now my husband? Who's my boyfriend at the time? But it was, like, so obvious to other people, I mean, when you saw a lot of my behaviors. But, yeah, I think it really makes women – feel shameful that they want to lose weight and I think there's a there's levels of shame there's shame to want to change your body mm-hmm. shame that what you're doing isn't working despite putting in all this work Ooh, yeah shame that you just can't figure it out shame that you're like the only person that's struggling with this there's just so much shame but ultimately I will tell you as a dietitian who openly on social media I feel like all I talk to are women who just want to feel good in their bodies you are absolutely not alone like mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter how much weight you're trying to lose I feel like there's even a stigma if you're only 5 10 or 15 pounds heavier than where you want to be I have women being like you know I know I don't have a lot of weight to lose like would you still work with me yeah because you're uncomfortable Uh, in your body like I don't care if it's five pounds or 50 100 pounds like you deserve to feel confident in your body and also total side note but the the weight you weigh doesn't tell me your body composition doesn't tell me your relationship to your body recently yes (laughs) so like the the scale is important but ultimately there's just so much shame around wanting to change your body and there really shouldn't be unless it's coming from a a negative place that's a different conversation yeah no it's so interesting oh my gosh I want to talk about both I think first yeah because I I personally have been feeling uncomfortable a little bit because a lot of my clothes from last summer don't fit great anymore and that doesn't feel good and I actually have worked on my self-love a lot Um, I have worked so much on truly loving myself as I am being confident in my own skin And there, there's this dichotomy, I feel like, where it's like, you can't love yourself and want to change at the same time with women. Um, I mentioned this to you before we started recording. I had a girl, I've been really on my self-love journey and I'm actually really happy with where I'm at with it at the moment. Um, Always a work in progress, but I've come light years in the last couple of years. And I had a girl, I was posting about self-love and she was like, well, then why have you been getting so much plastic surgery? And I was like, first of all, I haven't gotten any plastic surgery ever. <laughs> Let's clear the air. But if she did, there's nothing wrong with it. Well, right. Yeah. And two, it's like, you're allowed to, and I'm allowed to do what makes me feel good. And I get this can be maybe a slippery slope and a sliding scale. And I'm curious on your thoughts Mm -hmm. about when it is getting unhealthy. But for me, it's like, I love getting Botox. I love getting a little bit of filler and I love fitting in my clothes that I love. Like for me, I feel confident. I feel empowered. It helps me feel my best and show my best. And you can be spiritual. You can be intelligent and smart. You can be healthy. You can be all of those things and also enjoy looking good and I just I I want to like bust this myth because it's just not fair to women like you're allowed to want to look how you want to look and do things that help you look that way you absolutely are I mean it's I always go back to 
dyeing our hair, mm-hmm. getting haircuts, getting our nails done, never go never go a week without it, or mm-hmm. not a week, you guys know what I mean, and clothing, right? Mm-hmm. We're allowed to want to dress ourselves. I mean, maybe clothing, we get some hate towards you know certain styles, but regardless, mm-hmm. in general, these are pretty normal things that we are openly able to express our style in. Mm. Our body, I mean, our body isn't a style, so I don't want to go down that road. However, as soon as we talk about changing our body, now, right now, currently 2023 in our culture, it is a taboo topic, to be quite Mm -hmm. honest. Like, it either is, oh, you're so vain. Why would you care about yourself? Oh, don't do that. And really the people saying that, they might be uncomfortable. You look fine. I I get that a lot. And it's like, well, I know I look good. I know I look fine, but Thank like you. I want to, I know how, what makes me feel my best. Mm-hmm. Like, so why am I being made to feel like I'm ridiculous for, yeah. It, it's really tough. And I think honestly, context is key. And I say that all the time. Like when people ask me stuff about nutrition, when we get into like the nitty gritty science stuff, I'm like, it's context. I got to know mm-hmm. what's going on to be able to give you advice. And the same goes with if it's unhealthy or unhealthy, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of women may have unhealthy perceptions of what they want their body to look like. And that's yeah. where, whether it's working with a professional or un- just unpacking what what is success. And actually, I say that to my clients. If, if you know, for instance, if you DM'd me and were saying you were uncomfortable and wanted to lose weight, I'd say, okay, define success for me. And you can't say a number on the scale. Ooh, I like Define success. What do you want to look like? What do you want to feel like? Because a number on the scale might be part of that. And that's helpful for me, right? Five pounds is different than 50 pounds if you're trying Mm -hmm. to lose weight. But ultimately, like, what do you want to look like? And for a lot of women, I think the, the, in the past, at least, I think over the past 20 years, we've evolved to not care as much about the scale. A lot of women still do, but the scale, I think, has just had a chokehold on us, and that's really probably fueled a lot of the unhealthy thoughts. Like everyone has to be 120 pounds, which is you know yeah. the common thing that everyone thinks. Um, but it it's tough because it is dependent on context. For some people, it can be unhealthy, but a lot of women just want to feel good that I talk yeah. to, honestly. And it's not about being the, what I say is the thinnest bitch in the room. <laughs> like right. they just want to feel good. And if you want to fit back into your clothes, I mean, I'm a big believer as you're losing weight, like celebrate yourself. You're allowed Ooh, to buy, you know, I love that. maybe staple pieces that like a big leather jacket is going to be in your, your much, this is much more your forte than mine, but like a, a, something that's a staple that will fit you in multiple sizes. And mm-hmm. then at the end of the journey, maybe treat yourself to something that is, a piece of clothing that you have to buy or can only fit into when you're in this physique that you really want to maintain, right? Mm-hmm. But you you can still love yourself and lose weight simultaneously. That is absolutely a myth. Uh, yeah, it really is. And, you know, I love that you brought up hair and nail and stuff like that because it's like, okay, well then why is it okay to wear makeup? Why is it okay to dye yes. my hair? Why is it okay to alter my appearance to feel good about myself in all of these other ways, but it's not in these other certain ways? Like, it's not about necessarily the physical thing that you're doing it's about for for me the internal relationship and the why what's my goal what's my motive am I trying to look like somebody I'm not or am I trying to look like the best version of me and am I doing it in a way that honors myself and is not like abusive towards myself yes and I was thinking the same thing because the tough part about your physique and your body and your weight is Compared to makeup and hair, I mean, my hair takes so damn long. I'm a blonde, guys, and you can't see me. But, you know, sitting in the chair for three hours to get highlights or balayage, right? Like, that takes a long time. But Mm -hmm. putting on lipstick, boom, you're done. Mm -hmm. Diet, it's an everyday, multiple times a day decision thing. It's your Mm -hmm. habits over time. So I'd actually argue, compared to all these other 
appearance-based things. Not that these other things are not important and I'm wildly biased, but this Mm -hmm. is like like a skill that you need for life. Like you're going to eat regardless of if you know how to eat properly or not. You have to eat to live. So you, I would really argue you need to invest in understanding how to eat. And that has nothing to do with your weight. It has completely nothing to do with your weight. But when you learn how to eat right and healthy and balanced, and you learn how to, what I say is fuel your body, you will actually have the physique that you want. Because I actually believe I always say being hot and healthy, those things are simultaneous. You actually can't have them separate. Mm-hmm. You could think you're hot, but then you're never going to maintain it if you do it the unhealthy <laughs> way. And then you're also not going to be healthy. And you could be healthy, but then not feel your hottest. But when you really pair them together, that's when you, when I say you become the full package. Like you have to pair them together. Cool. Wait, I, I really like that. And I, I will say that when I am eating well, I feel my most confident, which is why I felt good about like, even though I was, you know, having people be like, no, you look fine. You look great. I was like, most of my weight gain was from too many cocktails and too many nights out eating bread and fried food over the last year. It wasn't the a most delicious things. I wasn't <laughs> feeling great. Yeah. And I also know when I work out and like I have muscle on me, I feel strong. It's mm-hmm. so, like when I eat well and I work out, like I, I feel good mentally and physically. And so I totally agree that they're related and I I feel more attractive when I'm taking good care of myself. And when you feel good, you're, I have an expression and I'm totally blanking on it because I do different iterations of it. But when you feel good, you're going to look good because you're going to show up differently. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, all of it goes together. And so like for anyone listening, like you really can freaking have it all. Like I don't want you to settle for not loving the way that you look because you think you're broken or you think this is unfixable or you just feel like it's going to take too long. Like every meal and every moment can get you closer to whatever that goal is. And it doesn't have to be restrictive, but it will enhance your life in so many ways because you're going to be able to stand up in a room full of people and just, you know, if that's what you do for work, for instance, but stand up in a room full of people and truly be yourself when you feel good. And it, that's Mm. nothing, nothing can buy that and nothing can buy that. Yeah. Yeah. You show up differently when you feel really good about yourself. Mm. Um, it is a holistic thing. So, okay. I do want to get lots of tips and yeah, all of your advice on fat loss, weight loss, eating healthy, all of that. But I did want to kind of close this loop here with the whole, like, you know, wanting to look good thing. Mm -hmm. How would somebody know if they're coming from like an unhealthy place for wanting to lose weight or they're having disordered body image or like, yeah, how do you, how do you kind of know for yourself and for your clients, you know, when am I like, eh, maybe, maybe I need to actually focus on like self-love and really not be focused on the physical. Yeah. I'd say the first thing is knowledge and making sure you understand what actually matters the most and what needs to change. And a lot of times when women, I think get really compulsive and obsessive about nutrition, that's when they're kind of segueing into something that isn't as healthy and for many women it could be like weighing themselves counting calories and you know what's interesting is a lot of my clients weigh themselves every day a lot of my clients track their calories um, and that's a huge part of what I teach however it's your relationship to it and so for mm. many of my clients as soon as it becomes you know because people respond differently people have different histories and traumas and exposure to things and what's interesting is some people weighing every day it actually shows them their body weight fluctuates and they realize wow like this is really cool it's like a little science project and for them they're able to see the lowest weight of the week and it's no no trigger no big deal for other women that exposure them seeing it it, it creates such a bad negative 
self-talk within them that makes them want to give up, makes them want to be like, fuck it, this doesn't matter anymore and just just get so upset. So everyone has a different response. And so you have to understand yourself and really be aware, like Mm -hmm. be very aware. And all of it is just gathering data ultimately as you're losing weight. So as you're making these changes, you need to see how you feel because a coach, a, a doctor, a dietitian will never understand how you feel. Yeah. We can interpret your thoughts and feelings in a counseling session, but ultimately you need to express that to us. And so that's why, especially if you're trying to lose weight, I just can't stress enough, whether it's working with a professional or just making sure you're, the information you're implementing in your life, make sure it's not only science-backed, but also make sure that it's coming from a really, a really compassionate place mm-hmm. because a lot of diets really, really fuck over women, to be quite honest, because they're promoting really, really unhealthy behaviors. And the truth is we all respond differently to different things at the end of the day. So for, for some, someone, something might be triggering, but it's not that what you're doing is necessarily triggering. It's, it's maybe your relationship to it. Maybe it's mm-hmm. your mindset. Maybe it's other stuff that's completely impacting your, you and your journey right now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's unfortunate because you're the only person that will know if something is becoming a little bit more obsessive and disordered. Um, but I will say that when you do this the right way, that is going to drastically de- decrease your chances of going down a really negative path. Yeah. No, I love that. I think, I think with anything kind of, um, I talked about ruminating and overthinking a couple weeks ago. Mm. Oh yeah. That's a big one with weight loss. (laughs) Yeah. And whenever I find myself doing that with something, I'm like, okay, I am looking to this thing for something that it's not meant to give me. I'm Mm. outsourcing a little bit, whether it be self-love, self-worth, safety, stability. Um, and so, yeah, it's always, I guess, a good little like, indicator that you need to maybe check yourself and be like hey what's going on what do I need where am I not feeling okay this thing is not going to give that to me um it's a temporary fix which was what my eating disorder was growing up it was a Mm -hmm. you know I felt so out of like I had no control but I also did not feel lovable or pretty or worthy I felt like this was a way that I could get people to like me, to look mm, good. And yeah. if you're going and, and that diets prey on that, like oh, yes. get the man, you know, whatever, you know, they're selling you kind of on something. And it's like, it's not a means to an, any end when you're mm-hmm. using these things as a means to an end. I think you're probably going to end up being unhealthy with them and also not getting what you actually want. Cause they can't give that to you. Yeah. A diet, and it goes back to what I said before, a diet is never going to save you. Like an approach and understanding how to fuel your body, that's completely different than a diet, right? But when you were talking, I actually was thinking about a counseling skill I actually use in sessions with clients Mm -hmm. that you guys can actually implement this in your life, but asking yourself why. Like if, if you're so focused on the scale and you're so upset it's not moving, why? Like let's dig deeper. And then if you ask yourself why five times to all your answers, you will, I bet you will damn get to the root of that problem there. Mm. And the same goes with really anything. If, if, you know, you're super feeling like you can't go out to eat, well, why can't you go out to eat? Like, like, why can't you? And then from there, just, you know, the whole, the whole segue of the conversation goes internally. But when you keep asking yourself these questions, that's what diets don't do. They just tell you what to do. Yeah. They're not teaching you to ask these questions. Yeah. No, I love that. And that's like with my manifestation coaching clients, like one of my first steps is, well, the first step is 
clarity, but we dive deep into like your why. Why do you want these things? Um, and I think it's just helpful for also like understanding if it's something you actually want or you think it's going to get you something that you actually want or somebody else made you feel like you need this thing. Mm, uh, oh, that's a big one too. <laughs> Ooh, that's a big one. Yeah. Well, and that, that actually is a great thing to tie back into this. Like if you are coming to lose weight because you're supposed to look like a certain way because the magazines are showing that or, you know, a celebrity looks like this or you're supposed to be this size. Like that's probably also a red flag and like, um, this is not the right reason to lose weight. It should be, I want to feel good. I want to look my best. I want to be my best self, feel confident, feel empowered. So absolutely. And not that it's a red flag ladies, but don't go to a dietitian or anyone with, you know, compared to like, if you're buying a house, for instance, you're going to show a photo of what you like. Don't do that with your body. Ooh, oh my goodness. Like yeah. your body is yours. Yeah. No one is ever going to look like you and you're not going to look like anyone else. So the whole idea of having like goal body goals like that, that still happens. Mm-hmm. People send me that like, oh, I want to look like this person. Like you can't. And also so much of what we see in the media, shit is Photoshopped. Oh, yeah. Like you don't understand <laughs> that. So I love that a lot of women show like their real bodies and there's just the whole unfiltered thing. If you want to use filters, I'm also not against it either. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. I use a filter, but when it comes to like actual photos on magazines, like so many of them are Photoshopped Mm -hmm. ladies. So you have to understand that sometimes the body that you may think you even want I'm going to come out and say it. It's not possible unless you Photoshop yourself. It's not even a real body. It's not a real body. Yeah. Or there's been a lot of plastic surgery and stuff that's gone into it. Yeah. Which no shame if you want a little plastic surgery, but also just ask yourself why you want it and how is it going to enhance your life? Mm -hmm. And if it is going to enhance your life and it's going to help you show up in a room better and feel more confident and secure with yourself, there's also nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. But also it's like if you want somebody else's body or you want something that somebody else has, I think it's also a great, you know, question then to come back to is like, well, why? What do I think it's going to get me? Because when you start shifting on focusing on what other people have and wanting it for yourself versus focusing on what you want and need and what is aligned for you, usually you're trying to get something through those things. Yeah. Versus like, I want to feel my best. Yeah. And why is it important to you? Yeah. I think going back to the you and actually weight loss is the one time I want you to be so fucking selfish. Sorry if I'm swearing. I'm not supposed to. No, but But truly like you need to be selfish. Mm -hmm. Like you, this is not about anyone else. It's not about any job, career, person in your life, doing it for someone else. Like this has to be for you. And why? Because it's your health. It's your health. No one else, no one else matters. Like this is for you. I love that. Yes. And, and again, when we look good and we feel good, we show up good. Mm -hmm. And I've talked about this so many times and I'm sure you agree. Like you can't pour from an empty cup. So when you're feeling really good, you're going to do way more good in the world. And so, yeah, it's about you and you feeling good. Be selfish ladies. Yeah. (laughs) I love this. Okay. So let's dive into some practical stuff. So what yeah, some key things if anybody out there, me included, I'm listening, you know, how can I maybe fat loss, increase the fat loss while also having more energy, having my skin glow, feeling good, maybe having better focus. I, I know I've been doing a lot of things, so I'm curious to yeah. hear if like what you think about them and if they're, yeah. Yeah, so there are so many ways to lose weight, mm-hmm. some of them good. 
some of them bad. But I guess the core of this conversation actually starts off with weight loss being different than fat loss. So the weight on the scale just describes your total body weight, but it doesn't really tell me about your body composition and where that weight is. Mm -hmm. So I always like to start off this conversation with, you know, you could slash calories, skip meals, you know, do a lot of the things I don't recommend and you'll lose weight. But are you setting yourself up for what I would call is like metabolic success? So are mm. you <clears throat> fueling your body with the right nutrients, the right calories, the right types of foods that are going to make you ultimately feel good, but also that your body really needs to support its health? So um, really at the, at the core, we don't want to just lose weight. We actually really want to lose fat regardless of what your starting weight is, really what you're going for. Um, and that is going to look different than fat loss too because – or, or fat loss is going to look different than weight loss too, because weight loss is just about the scale where fat loss is about, okay, we're losing inches. Maybe we're building muscle and losing fat at the same time. So the scale is not changing much, but we look completely different. Mm -hmm. But ultimately the question is, you know, how do we lose body fat? So if I was to break down like the most important things that have to happen for fat loss, we have to be in a slight calorie deficit. So I like to say 300 to 500 below whatever it takes to maintain your weight now. Now, Ooh, yeah. question on this, because yeah. I, I loved this and I actually have a, a fitness friend who um, was staying over and she was like trying to give me a few different tips, but yeah. she was telling me I should be eating around 1800 calories a day to be in a deficit. And I was like, oh, I was like <laughs> expecting a lower number. I was expecting 1200. Yeah. And I saw something <laughs> on your Instagram where you were saying that it was like, 1800 to 2000 for most women who are active, which is a lot higher than I think most people would think. Yeah. I mean, it's iconic when I show, like, I, I love to show like real stories because I'm all about like, I want to show real weight loss stories. And I have women that lose, that have lost like 20 or more pounds eating 2000 plus calories a day, you know, just, just crazy numbers. But yeah, you know, for some women, the number might be lower, number might be higher. Um, the standard, like if you look at a nutrition facts label in the grocery store, I'm thinking like, if you go to Erewhon, actually, I don't even know if Erewhon does nutrition facts because I know they're sometimes anti-calories but um, ultimately the uh, FDA like nutrition facts label it's based on a 2,000 calorie a day diet so that's yes. like the general number but for weight loss regardless you got to figure out a rough idea of what it takes to maintain your weight now and then the goal is to make some small substitutions small swaps so you're able to get in, in what we call as a calorie deficit but whether you track your calories or not is really really up to you but ultimately you, you do have to get in a deficit for the fat loss piece. And the goal with fat loss too is you don't want to be in a big deficit. So say mm. it takes, you know, 2,500 calories to maintain your weight and then you're going on a 1,200 calorie diet, that's really not advantageous because you're going to lose more muscle mass. It's going to screw up your hunger hormones. It's going to be really hard to stick to it. Um, and that's why, you know, you could lose a lot of weight doing it, but then it's not going to last and not be sustainable. So small deficits are key. Um, and then really from there, I like to say the next most important thing to focus on is protein. So there's so many different things to focus on, but I like to do like the big, the big buckets of what will get you the most success quickest. Um, so protein's really important. So it, you know, it increases your metabolism, how many calories you burn. It's going to keep hmm. you fuller for longer. It's going to help you preserve your muscle mass, which is going to preserve your metabolic oh, rate, yeah, yeah. that metabolic engine inside of you. So Protein's really important and you actually require more protein when you're losing weight. So um, you'll need to eat slightly higher than where you're at now. And that number differs person to person depending on how much they exercise and stuff. But yeah, those I would say are like the two biggest things. But from there, that's where I say is like the puzzle piece of your diet. Like there's so many ways we can cut and slice lists. You know, for a lot of my clients, I give them a calorie number. And then from there I say, we got to quote unquote reverse engineer your success. So 
what that means is, okay, we have this calorie. How do you want to spend your calorie money? Um, how do we want to, you know, plan out your meals and snacks that fit your lifestyle, that fit your dietary preferences, that, that fit your life ultimately? I really love this because this kind of ties back into manifestation mindset. Um, when it, when it came to like me working on my money mindset and Mm. being able to, if you want to manifest more money, you need to be in an abundant mindset, Mm -hmm. which means you need to be able to feel abundant about your current financial situation, which that's a good point. Yeah. Which is (laughs) it. I get it. Like you're like, but this is what I'm trying to get out of. But it's this, I think it's the same with your body. It's Mm -hmm. like, you have to figure out what are my priorities and how can I spend the money or the calories or even time? If you're somebody who's constantly feeling like they don't have enough time, they're constantly burnt out. You have so many hours in a day. How can you budget these things to actually keep yourself feeling abundant? How can you make the things that are important to you, what you spend those on so that you're not feeling like you're like deprived and missing out and and in lack constantly. And from that place, I have seen so much change in my life. Like only, only good things happen <laughs> for oh, the most part when yeah. you're in, in an abundant mindset. Like, cause otherwise you're like, I don't know, especially for me with past diets, I would just be like miserable. Like I can't have that. I can't have that. I can't have that. I've done that with money. I can't have that. I can't have that. And that is serious lack. And you're not going to manifest better from that place. Oh yeah. And it's tough because nutrition, we have this relationship to food, so much to unpack. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting and something that mind boggles me. I mean, in a part of my life where maybe in the future I do research, I'm not going to guys, but I've always been super interested in why some women can do something so strict and not get disordered eating habits. And, and a lot of that is probably their upbringing and many different things. But for many women, What's so interesting is that not abundance mindset where they feel super restricted, that is such a trigger and honestly will trigger disordered eating and binge eating. And, you know, a lot of things go into these these struggles. But ultimately, I do think for every single person, I have never seen it not beneficial to focus on the abundance with food, Mm -hmm. like food and a calorie number. If you're viewing that as such a restrictive thing, why? It doesn't have to be. You're fueling your body and your body needs that many calories, whether or not you're tracking it or not. Um, so it's really a relationship to even that word calorie, honestly, that I go back to people with. And, you know, it's not going to just happen overnight with me saying it where it's not going to be a negative thing for you. But it, it's, it's just a complete mindset shift of instead of what to cut out, what do I need to eat to fuel my body, not even towards weight loss, but for life. Right. And I think actually that's a good point. Something that I think every single person can start with is instead of just focusing on losing weight, even though I know oftentimes you're so desperate, you're like, do anything to lose the weight. Like what if before that you just focused on fueling your body, right? And getting that foundation built and then you pursue weight loss. Like you don't have to rush this shit. Like it doesn't happen, have to happen overnight. And in fact, when you don't rush it, I think you'll be a lot happier on your journey because when you have that foundation built, you're not going to be craving your next meal and just obsessive about food because you're going to feel good. And then it's going to be easier to enter a deficit in the first place. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I resonate so much and in so many different areas too. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been working on intuitive eating that just like feels good um and when I eat enough to feel full and I'm also mindful that I'm not like eating because I'm bored or because I'm stressed like I really am making sure which is hard yeah it's hard it's hard and we also don't have to be perfect by the way yeah like sorority snaps I'm so basic over here saying that but it's, it's really true like the pressure you're putting yourself to be perfect that the pressure you're putting on yourself to be perfect with dieting and weight loss it, you're, you're striving for something that will never happen. Yeah. It's not possible. 
it really isn't it isn't possible perfection in any area but I, I definitely resonate with with money with my career shift with uh, pretty much everything in life whenever I'm able to like stop putting so much pressure on the thing which is coming from scarcity um, and a big step for me in manifestation is releasing releasing that like clingy attached energy oh and- wait that's a whole thing with weight loss too because the more you <laughs> obsess over it my clients that are most obsessed that yeah. I've seen in practice they're the ones that are not seeing the success let me tell you you gotta be chill but yep. you can't be chill just by me saying be chill. <laughs> so that's the hard part. <laughs> no, yeah, you have to release it. And mm-hmm. it, it all comes back to trust. I feel like mm-hmm. that's been the biggest lesson I'm learning, I feel like, in my life lately is to, like, trust myself, trust the universe. And it's really hard when you have trauma because, you know, your nervous system is in fight or flight constantly. And so you just don't feel safe all the time. So I feel like nervous system and healing work is always so powerful in manifesting in any area of your life, just coming from a place of safety and stability is going to change everything. But, but yeah, anytime I'm like, I have a clingy energy around something, I end up creating either really funky word situations or I push it away or both. And when I can just relax and trust and not what helps me relax is letting go of the, like, it needs to happen now. Yes. Cause then when you let go of that and are okay with it taking time, you can be okay with where you are right now in that mm-hmm. area where whatever it might be. And when you can be okay with where you are right now, you can enjoy the journey and then you can like, actually be in this high vibe and you can focus on how things are working for you focus on what you actually do have an abundance and it's like it just changes everything everything you said like oh chef's kiss (laughs) amazing it's literally so true and honestly I I say desperate dieting like you don't want to be desperately dieting like don't wait till the last second if you're getting married and that's like important to you or you have like an event that's super important to you like you have to start early so you're not rushing this process ultimately it's it's so true because from that place of desperation you're going to get desperate results Mm -hmm. they're not going to be results that last and you're not even going to feel good along the journey yeah and it's about going farther Mm -hmm. and I love that your focus is on sustainability because I've done that a lot of my life the crash everything quick fix um and I just have yeah I just have been so disappointed over and over and over again with like and you end up at ground zero again and it's just not fun to keep having to pick yourself back up and it causes chaos and it's like why not be okay with slower and more sustainable results and like give yourself a break be a little easier on yourself and not yeah not make it so hard yeah something you said reminded me of of something I I see a lot with clients which is when you are like having such a chokehold on your weight loss where you just want the results immediately and you are really scared to trust the process because trusting the process means you're letting go of that control and what may happen when you let go of that control mm-hmm. is weight gain. So for a lot of clients too, I think it's it's really tough candidly to let go of that control, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to weight loss because if you feel like you're not micromanaging your intake, you're like, okay, well, the other thing's going to happen. I'm going to lose it. But I would, I would say for many women, not that I want you to lose it, yeah. <laughs> you know, that to happen, but you do have to change your habits and change how you do, do everything about food mm-hmm. to be able to change your physique and have something that you've quote unquote never had before. Right. And being so clingy, desperate energy to where you're trying to think you want to go is really not going to get you there. It might get you there short term, but you do have to learn to trust the process and also trust a little bit of the unknown. It's really the unknown. And it's tough with nutrition because 
if you let go and then you gain the weight, you're just so fearful of the weight gain for so many women. And it's not that I want you to gain the weight. I think if you do want to lose 20, 30 pounds, like you, you can get there. But if you're stuck in this diet cycle, you have to let go of that intense restriction that is just leading you to binge eat and the, the cycle, right, to be able to get to where you want to go ultimately. But I, I do just want to acknowledge it is difficult to let go and trust the process. And I think, like you said, like it's an evolution. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen overnight. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is I've I've seen it things come really quickly when I do let go because I'm not thinking about it like some of the things I've manifested where I'm just like oh I really want that and it just like shows up I had I had the craziest story um where I like literally wanted something and it showed up at my doorstep five minutes later I'm not even kidding okay I need to tell the full story I was gonna yeah I'm like I went to the what showed up at your front door so I went to this gifting suite event I forget if I I think I might have shared this in last week so but I you know for the people who missed it no 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 it's a good story but and it really just speaks to all of this. I went to this event. It was a gifting suite. I was picking out clothes and I, uh, there was a rumor Rose was there and they had this pretty display and I like took a photo and shared it onto my stories. The brand responded and I was like, Oh, I wish they gifted us Rose too. Uh-huh. Kind of being funny. Yeah. And, um, and I, but I was also kind of like, damn, I kind of want a glass of rosé, but I wasn't attached to it. I was yeah. kind of just like, it'd be nice, but I was like, I had stuff to do. And literally five minutes later, after I sent that DM, I got a call. Somebody was downstairs with a package, went and got the package. It was literally a bottle of not just rosé, but it was Rumor Rosé. Yeah, it was like a skincare launch and they had partnered with Rumor Rosé. <laughs> Like, that is buck wild. I was like, hell yes, this is the kind of manifestation I signed up for. But it just shows you like, you know, it, and I, I, yeah, things can happen fast, but they never happen fast when you're in a clingy attached energy from my experience. Yeah. <laughs> or they, or it happens in a way where you're like, ah, it wasn't good. Like you forced something, I don't know, with a romantic partner or what, what anything. Like whenever I force things, like I usually am kind of like, yeah, this wasn't even what I really wanted. Yeah. It's not, what you, it, it's not good. And, you know, speaking of the manifestation piece, it's, I think it's tough because sometimes also women don't even know what they can achieve, especially when it comes to mm-hmm. not even weight loss, but just life, right? Like we don't know what's possible. And so I think it's, sometimes we try to fit into like these boxes and, when you said like being clingy and like trying to like make something work when like it isn't going to work. Like I'm a big believer in gut intuition. Like Mm -hmm. honestly, my gut has never (laughs) led me in the wrong direction. Like even I've, I've made choices that I don't trust my gut. And when they fuck up, I'm like, I know why they fucked up. You're like, like, I knew it. I I knew it. I knew it. And so part of weight loss too, I actually think is how can we tap into that gut intuition And not so much about like what your goals are, but the choices that you're making. Instead of just having someone tell you what Mm. to do, how can you start to make some of those choices, right? Instead of having a coach or a diet plan or whatever tell you what to do, like how can you start taking a little bit more self-accountability, but also Mm. tap into that intuition because it will lead you in the right direction. Yeah. And trust yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I completely agree. Okay. Well, that's a great segue actually though into intuitive eating, which I've been Mm. kind of trying to do more of I'm still kind of like keeping general tabs because I am trying to be in a slight deficit yeah and kind of back to the sustainability thing like I have been seeing slow changes but I'm not thinking about it all the time so Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like yeah like work or stressful so it's I definitely agree slow and steady wins the race uh but intuition stuff how do you do you recommend maybe first tracking the calories, doing the things you have a general idea and then kind of trying to allow yourself to be more free flowing. Yeah, I think, well, 
Of course, my answer depends on the person, but okay, I fair. will say I've had many women. I, th- I think there has to be an introductory period, truthfully. Okay. And why I say that, and this is for the woman listening to this and potentially even you, like if you want to lose weight, it's not that you need to like flip a switch. Okay. Now it's fat loss. Diet starts Monday, but you have these goals, right? And I'm a big believer. Like we don't want to like half ass this meaning like if, if you're going to do it, like we're either doing it or we're not. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you, it has to be like balls to the wall, but it's like, we have to have that goal in mind. And I only say that because a lot of times what I see with women is if we're like wishy-washy, like, do I want to lose weight? Do I not? Then we're like kind of in between these two worlds of like, do we want to lose fat? And then like, then we have these moments where we don't want to lose fat and then your choices just are not in alignment. And so what I see is we just get really confused. It can lead to burnout. It can, it just lead to like misaligned expectations, right? So not mm-hmm. that you have to be once again, ball to the wall, this crazy diet starts Monday, but I think you do have to be clear. Like, do you want to lose weight or are we more in a maintenance period right now? Same with everything in life. Yeah. Same with manifestation. It's like, if you're kind of like, oh, maybe I want a relationship. Maybe I don't, <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to just attract weird things. Like, yes. If you if you're unhappy with what you're getting in life, get clear on what you want. Set intentions. So then you're actually moving towards a goal. You're not just floating. So I totally agree. Yeah. And if you don't, if you if it's not a good season, if you have too much on your plate, that's okay too. Like it's, you know, it's yeah, what do you want? Yeah, you have to ask yourself, what do you want? Because ultimately, if you're wishy-washy, it's going to yield wishy-washy results, to yeah, be quite honest. Totally. And nutrition is one of those, like, a little bit more black and white things where you can, you know, a lot of my clients, they will be in maintenance some weeks, you know, weight loss other weeks. And that depends on their lifestyle, if they're traveling, if, if they're on vacation. Like, yeah. it's, it's the goal overall is, like, they know they want to lose weight, but they're having many many hiatuses along the way. And it's not that their diet's drastically changing when they're in a hiatus, but they might not be cooking food at home like they normally do. And maybe they're away from, you know, life and they're on vacation. So obviously if you're in Mexico versus the States, like shit's going to look a little different, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so and there's probably gonna be a little more skinny margarita moment. So yes. Yeah. So things might change, but yeah, I do think if your goal is weight loss, at some point or another, I am a big believer in at least tracking your food intake for a little bit of time. And I know that is triggering to some people. So a little disclosure, but why I think that is if you are not coming from a nutrition background, you don't know what is in your food and you're really just struggling about where to go tracking, even for a day, Mm -hmm. you track what you ate yesterday, today, you're going to learn so much more about your diet. You're going to learn your habits, your tendencies, where you might be getting off track. Is it your cabinets at 3 p.m. that you're going into because you're eating a breakfast that's 200 calories, but all your snacks were like 700 calories for the day? That's like my problem. (laughs) Um, Is it your protein intake? Are you eating like 40 grams of protein a day and you're ravenous at the end of the day? Well, you probably need closer to 80, 100, you know, wherever that is, depending on your body. So it's just going to give you more information to then have the knowledge to be able to then make the change. Um, for some people tracking too can just be so great to just learn what you're eating and it doesn't have to be hardcore. Like it might not even be tracking your calories. Maybe it's just having a, a little journal where you're writing out a sample meal plan for the day, the night before. So you have intention around what you're eating. It, it can look different person to person. There's so many ways you can go about this, but ultimately you do have to be aware of your food choices. Yeah. And I think a lot of people try to like get around that um, in, in the world of, you know, healthy eating. But mm-hmm. like you do have to have some sort of intention. It's sort of like a business plan, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just go into business with, with, 
I'd say completely no plan. You have to have an idea of what you want to do, right? And so that really has to happen with nutrition. I 100% agree. And I I love that you brought up that it is scary. It is hard. It's Um, really hard. Especially, you know, having had uh, an eating disorder in my past, it was scary for me to... Uh, get on a scale again. Um, oh yeah, scary for maybe me. Maybe wait to- for that. <laughs> yeah, I actually did it in accidentally. I was. I oh went, no! <laughs> I signed up for Equinox in December. Did they make you go on a scale? They did, but she was like, "Oh, I'll cover everything. You know, you don't have to look." And then she accidentally forgot to like scribble oh. out the one box that showed my weight at the You're bottom. You're like, "Oh my goodness!" <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It it did trigger me a little bit because mm. I was like, "Oh, um, I didn't think my weight was that high." Trigger in a positive or negative? Negative. I was like upset Mm. about it for a few hours. And then I was like, I actually, it was actually empowering because I Mm. was able to be like, you know what? I'm not in that place anymore. I have been feeling pretty, you know, yes, I'm not feeling amazing, but I still feel good and I still feel confident and I feel sexy and I feel pretty. And so this number doesn't have to define me. And it's Mm. my worth is no longer so entrenched in my appearance. Mm. It's entrenched in my self-love. So I, it was, it was uncomfortable but I could handle it and so Mm -hmm. I think that's why I appreciated you saying this like and I've also done some days where I've tracked calories and it was sort of triggering but I feel like when you have done that work to be coming at these things from a healthy place you can handle it and it has helped me because I realized I was actually over snacking like you're saying consuming so much in snacks because I was scared of larger calorie sizes for meals mm, and yes seeing my da- data actually helped me to start shifting that and it gave me more freedom in my mind actually mm-hmm. because I wasn't I wasn't constantly thinking about food because I would eat a bigger meal realizing like, oh, well, I'm consuming this amount of calories over the day anyway. I might as well consume larger meals and see how I feel. Mm-hmm. And it gave me more freedom because I was like sustained and fulfilled for several hours. I felt energized. I felt satiated. Wasn't thinking about what I'm going to eat next and snacking constantly and then beating myself up because I snacked again. And so as uh, like uncomfortable things are oftentimes yeah. the, you know, the doorway to change that actually does support us. I definitely think, you know, you want to make sure that you have done a lot of healing work and it's not going to like send you over the edge. But if, if it's like, you know, a little uncomfortable challenge yourself, cause you know, what's the end goal? The end goal is to feel your best, look your best, support yourself. And sometimes the way to that is doing things that are new or uncomfortable or different. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And if you're coming from a place of disordered eating, eating disorder, definitely doing it potentially too with someone you trust. Yeah, with support too. is probably really um, helpful. Even, even if it's not a coach, like just having someone in your corner that you can talk to about mm-hmm. how you're feeling. And I love that you just mentioned like one day. Like it literally mm-hmm. just has to be one day. It is all data. Your weight, mm-hmm. a, a tracker, looking at your food choices. It is all just data that's hopefully going to help guide your next decision and choice ultimately. Yeah. It is not a pass-fail exam. Yeah, And yes. honestly, I think for so many women, we, I'm going to be blunt, like we don't realize actually how much we eat. And yes, I say that I in, didn't the, best, I didn't in the best way possible. Like, like we, th- like the amount of times where I'm like, oh, I've had a really on track day. And then like, I really look back, start putting all the numbers together. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that was not a little meal. And, and what's tough too is little portion sizes don't mean low calorie. Yes. Right. Exactly. Sort of like the classic Instagram photo. I got to replicate one of these one day, but it's like the, the girl with the McDonald's and it's like a 1200 calorie meal versus 1200 calories with like all this food on her plate or whatever. Yeah. Uh, 1200 is a bad number. I chose you guys get the gist, but regardless, 
that's why tracking can be so powerful because it really mm. tells you what's in your food and, and where you're getting that nutrition from and the, and the macros and the micros and yeah. all that stuff too. But it's really what you do with the information. Honestly. Amen. And I do want to just say for anybody listening, like it has been, you know, when my eating disorder was like really bad and I was like recovering, like that was probably, I was like 25. So it's, it's been a while. So, you know, this stuff can be hard and it can take time. So yeah. anybody listening, like, you know, give yourself grace and I think it again comes back to like, where are you at? And mm-hmm. I totally agree. I've had a lot of really amazing people as supports in my life and I have been dedicated to my healing work. And it's when you heal the internal, like that's when these things trigger you less and less and you really can become more resilient and grow and change. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I also think find what works for you. It's yeah. so funny. Cause I always say to clients, like I don't track my calories. My goal is for you not to track your calories. Cause I'm really passionate about that. But then I have clients that are like, I just genuinely enjoy it. Yeah. And they want to do it forever. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. It's a planner. It's a planner. Sometimes people enjoy those things. Yeah. And like they want to just like plan their meals in advance. And I'm like, that's not my cup of tea, but there's no judgment (laughs) because I totally know that that works for you. Yeah. And so, so much of this is once again that intuition. Like you have to find what works for you, what makes you feel your best. And, you know, tracking is one of those things that it would be for a short period of time. It's not something for most people I want you doing for a very long period of time. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable for for me in my lifestyle. I just feel like it's not sustainable. I like, going out to eat I like you know having fun like it's I don't want to if I'm going to a really nice restaurant I'm not going to be tracking the the food that this nice chef made I have no <laughs> freaking like, idea like, how many calories were in this sauce please before I eat it <laughs> yes yes like this truffle exotic thing I don't know like right. just enjoy it at that point just enjoy it yeah but it's it's understanding the like how to build the foundation and ultimately yeah. if you don't have that foundation built it's going to be hard to go into these experiences without fear of weight gain and getting off track which is a big thing a lot of women say to me but it's, it's like you have to take the time right now to earn the right for this to be easy and that's what tracking is really that segue into yes I love that and yeah like I feel like I have a pretty good handle on like what makes me feel good and what to eat in a day and like I'm just cutting back a little bit on that Mm -hmm. and find and finding swaps you mentioned this earlier like instead of maybe so much chocolate after my meal maybe I have like a you know small bowl of pineapple and then one piece of chocolate like so it still satisfies (laughs) my sweet tooth but maybe it's like you know 200 calories less than half a chocolate bar that I would be eating and so little things but then knowing your foundation so that you can know when you need to cut back a little bit so then you can enjoy these nights out and kind of find a balance with it all that really kind of like the budgeting it's like it allows you to kind of still enjoy all the things and feel abundant and feel like you're enjoying your life and living and not depriving yourself completely I love a good swap that sounds very delicious by the way I've never thought of <laughs> pineapple and chocolate together but that actually is a vibe um but also too chocolate I think covered fruit is a vibe oh, I didn't yes. I used to hate it and I've been liking it lately <laughs> oh my god it's my absolute favorite um also too with planning with fun foods and like going out that can actually really help you out too because it's not about so many women think they have to like cut back severely to be able to just enjoy a dinner out with their girlfriend or whoever when in reality it's like if you just had a normal week that one meal in the span of a week is really not a big deal so it just really shows you and educates you that you know a lot of the things we really stress about are really not a big deal. And we're actually like overhyping some of these moments and it allows you to just be more chill about it ultimately and have fun. Yeah. Which is like the point of life. Like we're supposed to be enjoying our life. And sometimes we get, I, and this is still something I work on with with myself. It's just a mindset I'm shifting, but it's like, no, it's, I'm supposed to be enjoying. Yes. We're here to enjoy life. (laughs) It doesn't have to be a struggle. And I think a lot of women similar to me in my upbringing, I thought everything had to be a grind. Like I actually was really, 
really taught that like if you're not working hard and especially with like diet, business, school, like you had to be grinding, sports especially for me, like you had to be grinding to be making progress. But I would actually argue I've really learned and I think you would probably say the same, like it's not about the grind, especially when you reach a certain point. It's actually about how can we coast and make this easier and more fun and you can still make progress without feeling like you're suffering through it. And in fact, (laughs) it's way better on the other side, guys. (laughs) Amen. Oh my gosh. This is such a great note to end on too. I'm like, yes, this is, you know, one of my biggest things too. It's yeah, it gets to be easy and flowy and high vibe and I love it. This was such a pleasure. I know. This was so fun. And your couch is so comfortable. I have to give it a shout out. I do love this couch. <laughs> a little, little uh, hard to keep clean sometimes because it's so light. But <laughs> Yes. I'm like, I have two dogs. I have a light blue couch, similar to this, mm-hmm. and they destroy it. So I cannot imagine a white couch. <laughs> yeah. So I've actually been the problem with my uh, self-tanner. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I am the, the only one who is damaged. I mean, Nico has scratched it a couple times. Very not noticeable, though. Yeah. But I'm the one. I spilled a cup of coffee like literally a cup of coffee it was so bad (laughs) wait where was it um all over here that's actually fake tanner that i tried to clean up (laughs) oh i I can't even see it oh okay now i see it now you said it if you didn't say that i wouldn't have noticed so it's pretty faint but the the, that self-tanner accident happened literally a week after the coffee thing i brought all of i i took all the covers off this couch and the pillows i took it to the dry cleaners they were able to save it you could not tell any coffee had been on it and then a week later i did self-tan and then it was like really hot and i was like a little sweaty and i got up and i was like shit (laughs) there's there's, like lines where my legs were oh (laughs) yeah so i i'm the only one who has a problem with the couch no one else is oh my god yeah your cat is an angel i know he's cute literally so cute so, cute, so well behaved it, it was the self-tanner yeah it was me <laughs> it's me hi I'm the problem it's me with with like most of my problems in life it's usually just me <laughs> so well let's um I guess share if you can all of your where can people find you where are the best spots yeah so I love how we didn't say it because it usually comes off as a vibe not in a bad way but you can find me at sorority nutritionist I know you're probably shocked by my handle guys um and yeah, Instagram, TikTok, cool. Instagram. Yeah, I said Instagram. All the places. All the places. <laughs> I think it, it has a dot, right? Sorority dot nutrition. Yeah. So it's actually a funny story about that um, if we have a moment. Yeah, but Instagram, there's a dot. TikTok, there's not a dot because I, okay, if TikTok ever, not that they are listening to me, but they, I can't get back into my account. I oh, created no. it during the pandemic oh, and it was no. linked to my Instagram Yeah, and it's forever effed up. So I have two accounts on TikTok and one of them I just can't get into. So I'm using the other one Struggle. now without a dot, but I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> like I can't imagine people locked out of their accounts. How many other people struggle with this too? I had that happen as well, actually. A TikTok account that I first created, I couldn't figure out how to get back into it. Yeah. So yeah. It's I wild. And I like it. worry about like people impersonating and stuff that like you can't oh. get through to TikTok for any of these problems it's crazy that is, it is interesting that they yeah I, I do wonder if that's been happening in a problem because I've had that happen on Instagram people impersonate me uh, and it's just like it's just like why it's so weird not high vibe (laughs) not high vibe no no it's coming from scarcity like create your own success like you can do that so yeah well okay so sorority.nutritionist on instagram sorority nutritionist on tiktok (laughs) and yeah do you yeah do you have a podcast as well i do yes um you can find it under hot healthy never hungry on all streaming platforms so i love we want to be hot we want to be healthy and never hungry hungry. (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm gonna i'm gonna follow your podcast too this is great i love it awesome 